I've simply titled my sermon this morning, A Wonderful News Story. We're told a Christmas story is a wonderful story. We're told it's a story of good news. The gospel is a message of good news as we know it. And we take it as that. But I'd like to ask all of us, wherever this morning finds us, wherever we are, is this a wonderful Christmas season? Is it? Or are we wishing for a lot of things to be different? I have to confess I am. But can we still be joyful and accept this as joyful news in spite of what's going on? I cannot help but reflect back to the early part of 2020 and all that the year promised, or at least looked positive. 2020 started much the same as most years do, for me at least. But it was in March when everything changed. And from then on till now, it's been uncertain. Wave after wave of changing information, changing instructions, changing situations, different circumstances, and it's still changing. The year's almost done. It's an understatement to say it's been a year of turmoil. It's far beyond that. But for us as a community, as a church, as families, the central core truth should not have changed. It's still about Jesus, about the good news, what he's done for us. But let's be real. Times are not easy. And we do face challenges. And we all could use some quote-unquote good news. But the news that we have before us in the scripture is good news. And we can rest assured this time too will not last. There will come a day when COVID-19 will be forgotten in the dustbins of history. But this story that we celebrate today will never be forgotten. Jesus himself said, heaven and earth will pass away. And all that that entails, the word heaven and earth means everything, time and space bound. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. The story of Jesus will never pass away. Today we're celebrating the birth of our Lord Jesus. In light of all that's been going on, is going on, I trust for us the Christmas story is still a wonderful story. I want to share a few words leading up to what I want to read out of the Gospel of Luke this morning. And just a few uh, comments. <clears throat> when Mary was chosen to be the mother of Jesus, it was an interruption. It was not just somehow her life just got a little bit better. No, and actually it got a little bit more complicated. It was a huge deal for her. It was good news, but it was a huge deal. It brought a lot of change. When Joseph became aware that his fiancée Mary was expecting, that was a huge deal. In fact, it was such a big deal, he wanted to quietly divorce her. It was an end to the relationship as far as he could see. But an angel intervened and he went ahead with the marriage. But it was a big deal. When Caesar Augustus ordered his subjects to go and get registered so he could charge more taxes, like some governments like to do, that was a big deal. Now he had to take Mary, who was pregnant, to Bethlehem and get this registration taken care of. And it was while they were in Bethlehem that the time came for the little child to enter the world, to be born. And as circumstance would have it, it was a crowded place, and there was no room in the inn, and the only place they found to put the baby was 
in a stable. What's amazing is how God drew different people from different walks of life, from different experiences, into the story to accomplish what he wanted to get done. It's amazing how God works with people. It's like he's using people as the paint with which to paint the story. And the story is far deeper than just one event happening one night in that little town of Bethlehem. Mary and Joseph's little baby boy was the son of God, true. And he would die for the sins of the world. But there were a lot of people involved in the story. <clears throat> for instance, Mary's life was forever different. Not just for then, but this, this um, calling on her life to be the mother of Jesus changed everything for her. And she was okay with that. For Joseph, it changed everything, and he was okay with that. This was an event where God had entered into his creation of time and space, drawing people into it. He entered it to himself. A glorious thing that happened here. A wonderful thing. And then what we find so interesting is God did not just stick with Joseph and Mary and the baby Jesus. He, 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 he drew more people in. He drew additional people in. Some very interesting characters, by the way. It was a glorious event. And for some people, it was so sudden, so abrupt, so unannounced, so surprising, we could say, they had never expected it. The question I want to ask today and kind of use as a foundation, as a, as a point of reference as we go through our sermon this morning is this. Do you think if God would send Jesus today and he would choose Leamington to be the place where he was born, and he might just choose you to be part of the story, what would you do? Would you want to be part of the story? Would you like to be part of the story? Well, let's look into the Bible, look into Luke chapter 2, verse 8 and onward. Let's see what happened. And there's some significant things that I think that are important for us to understand today. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. <clears throat> we already heard in the story that was the children's story of how Mary and Joseph traveled and Mary was expecting and all that stuff. I want to pick up the story this morning from this, the, area, the, the place in the Bible where the shepherds get involved. Luke 2, verse 8 begins this way. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. Not just a little fear, great fear. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever seen an angel. I haven't. But if I saw one, I'd be scared. I think I'd be, I have great fear too. You know how when you get pulled over by a cop on the highway, which may unfortunately have happened to some of us, we have fear, sometimes great fear. We know we've been speeding maybe or maybe did something wrong. This fear that they had was much worse than that. Because when an angel comes, to, comes around in your presence, that is something to be fearful about. But what's amazing is that they had nothing to do with the story. They were completely uninvolved, disconnected, oblivious to anything and everything that was going on. They couldn't have picked out Joseph and Mary from, uh, from who knows who. 
They had no idea, no clue. Why did God pick them, these shepherds, to send the angel to? Why not send the shepherds, send the angel to maybe Jerusalem? Maybe to the mainstream media of Jerusalem? Call up some famous reporter, some famous news station, and reveal himself to them. Why not that? You see, that's how culture works, right? The mainstream media gets the story, gets the traction, the publicity, right? Why did God ignore the sources of uh, common avenues that would have been available? I mean, He could have. Why did God just choose these shepherds of all people? So one thing we need to learn about God is God has a completely different system. How He calculates, how He evaluates, how He organizes things. Paul talks about that in his writings to the churches. What is wisdom before the world is foolishness to God. And what seems foolish is um, in the world's eyes is wisdom before God. And the things that are low with people God considers high. Things that are high among people God considers low. Writers talk about the job of shepherding back in those days when the shepherds were out in the field. It was a very low job. I mean, who wants to be a shepherd? Low pay, low status, no recognition. That was the lowest of the low. That's how low you could get. When you were a shepherd, then you were pretty much at the bottom of the rung. There were times previously in the patriarchs, times of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and later on even King David talks about the Lord is my shepherd. Shepherding was, was at one point in time, a noble occupation or it had, had status or at least was viewed as something, something good or something of, of noteworthiness. And not this time. Not at this time. Different writers talk about how of low value shepherds were considered. Non-important people. One writer put it this way, he said, and I thought it was interesting, he said, how interesting that God kept the high and important people off of the divine mailing list. Good, I thought. Isn't it just like God to pick some of the most unlikely people to share the good news with? And thinking about that, what would have happened if, if God had sent news to Herod or to the Jewish priests? Well, we do have that story. We won't read it this morning. But in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 2, we find the story of how the wise men came much later. It could have been a year or more later that the wise men showed up. And they had traveled many, many months to, to travel. And they stumbled into Jerusalem wondering, okay, where's the king? They had thought, but Jerusalem's the place to ask. And Herod's afraid, and so are the Jewish priests. And they're concerned, they're alarmed, like governments usually are when things don't go their way. They're afraid something's going to happen, and Herod is worried he's going to now have to share power or maybe lose power. And then we have the story of the massacre of Bethlehem. There's, God knows what he's doing, who to tell the news to. By this, I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form that people who have money or of high learning and education, that they're excluded from the story. But what this means is that God looks for the humble and the lowly in heart. Those are the ones who are ready to receive the good news. Well, how did the shepherds respond? Well, they says they had great fear, but then what does the angel say to them? Let's read verse 10. 
verse 10, it says, And the angel said to them, to the shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. This was not a message of bad news. It was a message of good news. Now, we have to also say that there were times in the Old Testament, there were times of bad news, too, when judgment was announced or... um, the story of Noah and the coming flood, that was bad news. Um, the Israelites, when they fell into sin and worshipped idols, there was bad news. But here's a place and time in the Bible where there's much good news. There's many places of good news, but this is a story of good news. It's for all the people. And nobody's excluded. Everybody who wants to can be part of it. No exceptions. It was not just for Joseph and Mary, now it's for the shepherds. And then the angel clarifies what this good news is about. He says in verse 11, the angel says, For unto you, you shepherds, is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Never a message of greater value or deeper meaning of greater royalty than this one. Christ the Lord born to humanity. This is it. At the same time, never was such a noble royal message given to people of such low cultural status. I don't think the shepherds quite fully knew what this meant. I don't think we fully know what this means. We have an idea. We have a small idea. But I think we will always wonder about this. Christ the Lord, born to humanity, among people. We will debate and discuss and study and learn for as long as we live and then the next generation and the next generation. We will never fully see this until eternity, I believe. Doesn't mean we can't enjoy it. Doesn't mean we can't celebrate it. We just take it for what it says it is. A thought that came to my mind this last week as I was mulling over this and just meditating on this, and I thought to myself, imagine this. Imagine a five-year-old young boy, maybe, and maybe a middle-aged, 35, 45-year-old mechanical engineer. Picture these two people. They both want to get on a roller coaster. They sit side by side in the same little car. And it's just one of these high, exciting roller coasters. How would these two individuals enjoy the ride? Well, the five-year-old boy, he would just with, with joyful abandon, just sit there and enjoy the loops and twists and turns, not caring about a thing in the world, just experiencing the exhilaration of the, of the ups and downs and the twists and turns and, and all the rest that the roller coaster would provide. The engineer might enjoy it too, but he might wonder a bit, okay, wonder who designed these braces. Hoping these wheels hold. Hope that curve is not too tight so that this, the thing doesn't go off the rails. You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes we get so involved mentally and with our mind that we try to figure this out, and we really can't. It's beyond figuring out. It's meant much more to be accepted in faith than to be figured out. Not minimizing knowledge and studying education, but we'll always just be scratching the surface of what the story really 
contains. But it is a grand message. Sad thing is, some people make the poor decision or the sad decision of, I'll believe it when I can figure it out. That's not how it works. The angel just said, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. There's so much in there. Then he goes on in verse 12, he says, And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Well, that they could wrap their heads around. That they knew. That they understood. And the interesting thing was, the little baby Jesus was not born in some high-end motel. He was a simple king. Born to a simple couple. Into a simple life. In a simple place. Wrapped in simple cloths. In a simple bed. This new king was packaged in the form of a helpless little baby boy. Born to a poor couple. Who had nothing to their name. It was all in keeping with God's plan. God had planned it this way. And the place where they would find him. It would too be a place of lowliness and humility. And that's where Jesus was. You know what this does? It weeds out the selfish, the arrogant, and the proud, and the powerful. It introduces and draws in the humble, the lowly, and the meek. And God's not quite finished yet with this grand announcement. It's as if um, the angel's now done his job. He's told the shepherds, it's what is. This is what happened. Here's where you'll find him. And verse 13 says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. What the angel did was great, but now they, comes this glorious, um, this glorious multitude adding to it, glory, glorifying God and communicating God's good wishes for humanity on earth. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. We get to choose that. We can be part of that. We're invited to be part of that. And God was pleased to do it. The greatest gift that God could give was his son Jesus. And the way he did it was a glorious day in a glorious way. That is wonderful news. That's exciting. While the angels finish their praise and they finish the announcements, and they disappear, they go back to heaven, and things return to normal. The shepherds are out again by the sheep by themselves. Maybe it's dark. Who knows? Well, I'm sure it was dark, but um, I don't think any shepherd was thinking of, okay, let's go back to sleep now. Not one. After an experience like that, who would go to sleep? Well, what do they do? Verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Verse 16. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. What did they do to deserve this? Nothing. God decided to pick these shepherds to be the recipients of this glorious message. 
They went and checked it out, as they had been told, and they found everything was the way it had been said to them. How nice or how good that it wasn't the mainline news media in Jerusalem that got hold of this first. They would have tried to leverage it, capitalize on it, or maybe squash it, which we know Herod did later on. You know how in our time it's so easy to be so self-focused. These shepherds weren't. It says verse 17, And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. They just did what they were supposed to do. But you know something? I mentioned Herod before. By the time the wise men came, many, many months later, Joseph and Mary were in a house by that time, maybe over a year later, the news had not yet reached Herod in the, temp- in the palace in Jerusalem, nor had it yet reached the temple and the Pharisees in the temple. It was not meant to be. Sometimes these sacred messages only come to some people. And just because we all have heard the story does not mean we all know the story. People can hear the same story a hundred times. It bypasses them completely. And then one day, we're in the right frame of mind, the heart's in the right place, and the heart's in the right condition, the story catches, it sinks in, and it bears fruit. We know the wise men, when they came, they asked where, where the king was who was been born, we do know what happened. Herod was afraid, and the Pharisees were perplexed, and the Jerusalem was, all Jerusalem was was an uproar or was an, an alarm. And as the story goes, the angel warns Joseph, "Get out of Bethlehem, because Herod will try to kill the baby." And he tried, and he killed a bunch of little babies. There was a massacre in Bethlehem. What's this story teaching us? It's a grand, special, powerful event that happened. The coming of the Savior, that event, as special and as sacred as it was, was given to shepherds in the field to first hear and to spread it. Not the high and mighty. It has not changed. Even though in that time the shepherds were of low low reputation, God did not consider them of low reputation. It was to the shepherds that God sent his angel to give them the good news and for them to spread this good news. That has not stopped yet. Maybe it has a different form, maybe a different appearance. And we're far removed from that day and age, from that culture. But the story is just as real and just as powerful and just as effective even today. The love of God coming to us in the form of a baby is as new as today as it was when it actually physically happened. Sometimes the old Christmas hymns, they tell the story well. And I remember a song that I learned off by heart many years ago, and some of you here know it too. I know some of you listening. I'll just read it. It has been a powerful song to me for many years. And I will just read read the poem. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light, 
the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. For Christ is born of Mary and gathered all above. While mortals sleep, the angels keep their watch of wandering love. O morning stars together, proclaim the holy birth and praises sing to God the King and peace to men on earth. How silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given so God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him, still the dear Christ enters in. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter and be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the, glad, the great glad tidings tell. O come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. We may not live in Bethlehem. We may not be shepherds herding sheep. We're not Mary and Joseph. But the truth of the story has not changed, and it affects hearts today just as it did then. God's news is good news, and it's for us today. It was for those shepherds, and it's for everyone who listens to it, internalizes it, and applies it. Let us pray. We thank you, Lord, for the story of Christmas how Mary and Joseph were part of the story. The shepherds were part of the story. Later, the wise men were part of the story. Lord, today, we can be part of the story. Help us to remember what you did. Help us to remember why you did it. Help us to remember what it's for. May we celebrate with joy. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>